reminds me of the story. Hello, hello there. What's good, y'all? You are now tuning into the Jungle Rose Podcast with the dynamic aunt and niece duo, Jay Simone and Marley. What is Jungle Rose? Jungle Rose is a therapeutic lifestyle podcast created to assist Black women navigate, survive, and thrive through their everyday jungle. A jungle can be any hardship, difficult situation, setback, shit. It's anything or anyone that tries to hold you back. Exactly. Here we will use this platform to discuss the failures, the successes, and every damn thing in between. Ready, Jay? Let's go. So welcome to Jungle Rose, where we celebrate the duality of Black women, the strength of Black women, and we celebrate Black women alike, and we encourage our women one by one, which we're sure that you both are doing. It's evident in everything that we read and see about you too. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. We are excited. It's so funny. We just, we're here to accomplish our dreams and our goals and our visions. And then we look up and it's like, wait, (laughs) we did kind of blaze a trail and others are inspired by what we've done, but we just set out to achieve a goal. And Mm -hmm. that was for ownership in commercial real estate. And it's just been beautiful what it's been able to blossom into. Yes, I know who you are, but my listeners, they may have come across you. Let the team know, let the tribe know who you are. We are super excited. This is almost a full circle moment for me to have you guys on our podcast, on our platform as you, I met you two during a pivotal time of our lives. Like we were just blossoming into ourselves going into so Mar, Are you going to tell the, are you going to tell the story how we met? Are you going to tell the real story? <laughs> oh, you gonna, say she going to give you the commercial version. <laughs> no. <laughs> she good with that, Dave. I should get Listen, a commercial version of PG. Introduce yourselves and then you, there, you can tell them how we met. <laughs> Do you really want me to tell folks how we met? Tell them how we met. <laughs> Oh, y'all. We, well, my name is Davon Reed. My background, I've been in the industry, the hotel industry, probably for over 14 years. And I met uh, Miss Marlisha at Georgia State University our freshman year. And we were on the bus leaving from the village, going to school. And you wanted to go to a party, and I wanted to go to a party. And you was like, I like the party. I like the party. And then, and then it's been, we've been partying together ever since. Partying in traveling yes. everything. Traveling, partying, getting up six o'clock in the morning after coming in the house at four o'clock in the morning. I'm glad you gave them that introduction day because that is truly who I am. I like to be the life of the party. And that's what our podcast is. Saying the dualities. Yes, you can be educated. You can have fun. You can come from a hood. You can still be who you are and still succeed in in whatever capacity. So thank you for sharing that. And like she said, we've been 16 years later. We are still partying, still traveling. She introduced me to brand loyalty, the life of luxury in the hotel industry. And I appreciate that. And then Miss Myers, when I met you, you were Miss Tipton. So go ahead and let them know who you are. She's married now. She's a married lady. She got a ring on it. (laughs) We actually met Georgia State University and I'm an AKA. And I am your pro fight. So that's how we met through our sorority. 
And it's been an amazing journey ever since. You know, you definitely were a, a great addition to, to um, you know, all the madness, all the craziness and everything else we went through. And Y'all had to tame me a little bit. I was, <laughs> I was the wildfire. Let them know, Jess. I was the wild one on, on my uh-huh. Yeah, I was like, uh, tell me the juice because I don't get this wild side of her. She tried to act good around me. You know, about sisterhood and everything like that is somebody you can go through stuff with. And especially at such a pivotal time in all of our lives, men in college, you don't know where it's going to go, don't know what we're doing. And that's where we're able to be a part of each other's lives to help groom, shape and mold to where we are now. So you're definitely, yeah, it was a wild child. We all were wild. So it was just amazing to, um, to see Blossom and groom just into, I mean, you know, at your core, you've always been somebody who cares about you and the people around you and hold people down. And that's what we look for in sisterhood. So it's just, um, it's been an amazing journey. Listen, yes, I, you are, I love you, Mar. You my I sister. love you. I love you, you guys. And I am so, I'm so glad to see you guys develop into the woman that you are today. Honestly, like if someone asked me, did you know they were going to get here? I would say yes, because you guys are both driven, goal-oriented at the core. Um, Devon, when I first met you, you told me you were going to own a hotel and you guys own a hotel. So let them know. How did you get here? Yes. How did you get here? What did you do to become these page makers that you are? I mean, really, really history makers. (laughs) Yes. It's, I mean, we just stay connected from college and continuing to go to lunch. And um, Devon had moved away to Boston. And when we graduated college, I moved away to New York. And we both found our way back here to Atlanta. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm about to stop you right there, Jess. Uh, about to tell your business. <laughs> yes, see, because Jessica, I saw Jessica in Boston, but I didn't see Marlisha. Okay, you can keep going, Jessica. I just, I just had to add that since we, since we were recording. <laughs> Hold me Uh-oh. accountable. Hold me Uh-oh. accountable. Uh-oh. Um, we actually, we went up there uh, to see Terrence up there at uh, Harvard Business School. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to see the GSU fam while we were up there. So when, when she came back to Atlanta, we both came back to Atlanta and we just, you know, kept linking up for lunch. Like, you know, she, w- she was like, hey, I want to go to lunch. And everybody she would call, like, oh, I'm at work. Oh, I got to be back in 20 minutes, 30 minutes. We were both entrepreneurs. So we were able to take that time to go to lunch. And of course, when you are lunch and you're having drinks, what comes up? What you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're talking about our dreams. We're talking about our visions. And it's like, wait. And, you know, Devon was telling me a concept that I'd done in, in the single family space. She was like, you know, you can do that here in the commercial space and you can get a lot more exponential with the houses that you're acquiring. And I was like, hmm, do tell. And we just started working together. It was like, OK, well, let's create something. So back in 2018, 2019 is when we started to really put it together, to really put pen to paper, really develop our criteria and start networking and meeting other individuals. And literally last year, Devon was like, we get in a hotel, period. We are getting a hotel. And it was like, okay, like, let's do it. Like you got somebody in your corner that will stretch you. We talked about sisterhood. We talked about holding you down. You know, that's one of the things that we were able to come together and do and like, hey, how can we really develop and push the narrative of what we're able to create in commercial mm-hmm. real estate? You got two black women here with a goal and a vision and we're going to do it. And that's and that's what we were able to produce um, through the acquisition of the Home Two Suites by Hilton in Arena, Oklahoma. Mm, go ahead and say yes. it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Tell them again where it's located. 
<laughs> it's in El Reno, Oklahoma. So it's about 20 minutes outside or pretty much where Gwinnett, well, we're here in Atlanta. I was like, where Gwinnett is here to Atlanta. It's about 20 minutes um, just outside of Oklahoma City. Okay, good. So when I just heard you speak, I heard you talk about networking, keeping in touch, keeping contact, using your network. Now, the one thing I will say about us attending GSU, we didn't attend a HBCU, but if you ask me, it felt like it because the Black community on Georgia State's campus, we well, were like... Everybody knew you and Je- everybody know you and Jessica. I swear, either Marlisha or Jessica, they might know so, so. Now, I feel like I didn't even go. I feel like I don't even know anybody. But everybody know Marlisha and Jessica. I'm like, but you know Marlisha. Oh, yeah. I used to hang with my I don't know either. I don't know. <laughs> and then, but then, too, Devon, you were busy working. Like You were. Live you, in college. And where were you working at that time, Jay? Girl, you know, you you were an honorary member of the Hyatt. <laughs> Marlisha, that's how we were getting those rooms back then. Is that the lady? <laughs> that's, that's the hookup right there, you see? Uh, listen, so you were working... Um, while I was being oh, a socialite. The, the, the list is going to be like, yo, we got to bring her back on. She's telling the tea. Listen, this is the space. We don't want that commercial. We understand you guys have different platforms that you guys have to speak to. But I, the reason why I wanted you guys on is because we can show who we are as we grow, as we learn the difficult side of being a Black woman in different spaces, the spaces we thrived in, college, i.e., and moving it into different spaces and transferring those skills as we get older. That's exactly what I was about to say, transferable skills. Um, it's the leadership, you know, as much as we were involved in in college and the different activities that we did, it helped to birth this leadership, This the top talented 10 which is, you know, what you strive for. Like, you know, you get the education. So you are the leader of leaders. Like you said, it didn't feel, obviously Georgia State is not an HBCU, but it felt like one. Nobody could tell me that we weren't because I felt like we were the creme de la creme of our community. And that's what we're setting out to 10, 15 years later. You see a lot of us that are leaders. Um, you know, Noel Brown, he's out in LA doing his thing in, in film. You got Kirk Brown doing his thing in education. You yes. got us doing our thing in real estate. It's so many of us that I can name that have stepped up to be leader of leaders and trailblazers. So that's what I love about Georgia State and what we were able to create. And that was curated right there at Georgia State through the clubs. Yes, Devon, you were at work, but you were a part of Circle K. You were a part of those clubs that made us leaders. Circle K, Alpha Kappa Alpha, sorority, all the clubs, all the things. And I, when I was there on campus, that's where I really honed in on my leadership skills. And I, I think you just said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, I, I like, like I told this the, the Georgia State before, and I continue to say it. Like, I mean. If it wasn't for Georgia State, I definitely don't feel like I would be where I am. If it wasn't for Georgia State University, the connections that I made at Georgia State University, you know, that's how I got my start at the Hyatt Regency Atlanta because of my, you know, because of me going to Georgia State University. So it was definitely, definitely worth it. Seems like someone believed in you all. And I didn't necessarily have that same uh, sort of uh, experience. Being, I went to UConn. It's a long story. I won't go there. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> oof, it's a long story. It's, it's, it's a total difference. But 
it seems like you seem like you you were groomed to be the leaders that you are. Um, and, and of course, I could brag on my niece and say she's such a leader. Right. But but hearing what you're saying, all of you had some sense of connectedness from your experience. What jungles did you go through? Like, how did you get the goal to go into an industry um, that it was only two percent or less than two percent representation of you. Like, how did you get the goal? How did like what did it take? What jungles did you have to overcome in order to get on this other side of shit? I'm just gonna say greatness. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Well, I see. You know, I mean, like like I said, I always had a you know dream of of becoming a, a hotel owner. Didn't necessarily know how, but I was like, hey, you know, I'm on hotel one day, right? As far as trying to change the change the percentage, I just noticed that there was a lot of people or hotel owners who didn't look like us. There wasn't there weren't a lot of African Americans. There are a lot of people of color, but there are not a lot of people African Americans. And the reason I'm saying that is because the Indian community, they own over 50 percent of the motels in the United States, um, whereas African-Americans who once owned a lot of hotels, you know, during the 50s and 60s, you know, because it was a time where we couldn't stay um, at hotels. We only could stay at black owned hotels. And so um, it wasn't necessarily when I started off as a process to be like, hey, you know what, we're going to do this to own a hotel, meaning to change the percentage. It was more so like a goal, right? And then now, you know, since it's become more of a movement and more, and it's become bigger than us because now we see that, you know, with so many people who wanted to own a hotel, but they never knew how, or they didn't think that it was attainable. And so now, you know, we're creating this, essentially we're creating this platform, that's kind of creating this platform where people can, now they see that it's attainable to actually own a hotel. So so how did it feel to sit in a room of people who didn't look like you? Because we know that, you know, us black folks spend billions of dollars on travel and stay every year, right? Billions of dollars of on travel and stay every year. So what is it that, I, I sometimes, you know, I think when I get into a room, even, you know, I feel comfortable in being in education. But when I'm in a room uh, as such as the room that you would be in, I would be extremely intimidated, even if I had a dream, even if I felt like I had the skill set. Like, how, how do we how how does one get to that place? Is it the group of people that you're around? What are some other things that, you know, you need in order to feel strong in, in the place that you're in? And I know it it, it varies depending on the person and experience. It de- I mean, it go. Oh, go, go, Jessica. Okay, it definitely starts with education. The more you educate yourself in the arena that you're in, I mean, obviously, we're in real estate, we're in commercial real estate, and more specifically, hotels. And that education around what you're doing helps to build the confidence to be in the rooms because you can speak the language. Now, I, I know and I understand um, a lot of the concepts that we can pull together to make the deal happen, to make it work. And that's really what helps to build um, a lot of the confidence to be in the rooms and in the conversations. What were you about to say, Devon? Well, not only with the education, but you kind of have to have that mindset, right? So you have to go over that hurdle like, wait, you mean to tell me that I can actually own a hotel? People, when they think of real estate, you know, they think of single family or maybe um, commercial real estate, the entry level part of commercial real estate, meaning, you know, smaller multifamilies. Um, they didn't even think about the possibility of owning the office building or owning a whole letter, or they don't even realize that 
hotels are actually a, com- uh, um, a part of commercial real estate. It's just an operating business sitting on real estate, right? And so it's just getting into that mindset that, wow, you know, I can not only can I stay here, meaning, you know, it's a, a place where people can travel and stay, but I can actually own this building. I can actually own this operating business. So just getting over that hurdle, you know, with the with, with the mindset. And like you just mentioned, you know, we spend as an African-American community in the report that came out. I forgot the name of the group that did the report, but it came out in 2019. And um they, uh, we, as a community, we spent $109 billion in travel, right? But as we, as you mentioned before, as a community, African-Americans owned in less than uh, uh, 2%, you know, of the hotel. So essentially it's that mindset, you know, how can we recirculate that money, you know, within hotels? There's been a lot, we talk about buy black, you know, buy black beauty products, buy black this, buy black this. But nowhere, nobody really talked about buying black hotels because people don't realize that we can do it. But we were the original Airbnb, right? Like I said before, we only could stay at black-owned hotels. It wasn't in just until hotels became, when the community country became more integrated, that people, that we were able to stay at white-owned hotels. And that's when the percentage of black-owned black hotels started to decrease because we weren't staying at our black on hotels and, you know, and, and our hotels essentially had to close down because they were losing revenue. And so yeah. and like she said, it's a, it's a cultural shift about changing the narrative. Like, like she said, we're so used to being consumers, but now look at being producers. Now look at being owners. And that's really what the vision is about changing the narrative in that we don't have to just be the ones giving our money up to other communities, but we can sell within our own community so that we help, our own community come up through and we all own together. That's why we call this Epic Collective. It's about collectively having an ownership in epic projects. So it doesn't have to be, you know, like, hey, I want to own a skyscraper. Wow, that sounds great, like a huge deal and something big you'll never get to. Well, how about we do that together? If we do it together, it's not so big. It's like, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And that's what, we're, what the approach we're taking for the commercial real estate space, specifically hotel ownership. Love it. And you guys are, yes, and you guys are authors and you just uh-huh. released a book. Um, so let them know what the book is about. And I think what, what you guys just said was very important, knowing that you have access to these things, like you can do it because oftentimes we don't pursue the things that we want because we feel like, it's not accessible to us, right? So um, what tips and tricks are you giving your audience in the book to reassure them that collectively, even if you can't do it by yourself, collectively, if you pull someone in, um, this is attainable to you? In our Epic Conversations book um, on wealth, what we talk about, we have different experts from all over I won't say all over the country, but we have different expert commercial real estate experts who are all from all over uh, different. They represent different commercial real estate asset classes. Right. And so we have someone from multifamily. We have someone from hotels. We also have someone um, we have a commercial real estate broker. We have someone who speaks about public private partnerships. And the reason why we brought somebody in to to discuss public private partnerships, because a lot of times people within our community, uh, when I mean our community, African-Americans, they don't realize that they should uh, reach out to their local municipalities uh, for support. There are a lot of incentives. 
um, people to even understand the uh, the uh, what a public private partnership is. And so we go through that. Um, so that way, if if someone who wants to get who would like to get into commercial real estate and they may not necessarily know how to, um, this book it answers a lot of questions that people may not even realize. They they may not even know what what kinds of questions to ask if they wanted to get into commercial real estate. Yeah, like we talk about the building your A team. Like who needs to be on your A team to help you not only identify a deal but help you build criteria. And then it's another thing to acquire the asset. But who's going to help you manage and maintain it? We also speak to experts that talk about um, managing the project and how you pass it down, making sure asset is protected. That's how you create generational wealth. It's not enough just to have it and lose it, but have it and know how to maintain it and know how to accurately pass it down. So we bring in all those experts and we have a conversation. We So many times people are like, Jess, I just want to pick your brain real quick. And these are conversations where we pick the brain of commercial real estate experts. Wow. I love it. I love it. It gives people a window and maybe boost their confidence and willingness to uh, step out into this world uh, where many people have not had the goal to step into. Um, I think something that's very cool and it's not off topic, but it it was something that was uh, a wow factor for me. Can you either of you talk about uh, your investors for the hotel and, and the mindset behind that? What do you mean the mindset behind the investors? Like, how did we how did we select our yeah, investors? How did we select, yeah. Oh, how did we find them? Um, I mean, we found our in, in, investors uh, definitely within our network, and that's typically where you start. Um, mm-hmm. You get a lot of questions. You know, how did you raise capital for the deal? Um, and anybody who ever raised capital, they typically start with their 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 network first, and then they branch out. And typically, when you start within your network, your network starts to share the deal with other folks who they feel may be a good fit to invest and so that's 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 actually how we um how we found our investors and when you say mindset um you also too want to align yourself with people who are going to see the bigger picture the long-term vision and not just short term this is definitely real estate is not about um quick acquisition and just getting and get out and the hustle and bustle it's about the long-term strategy and long-term play most millionaires are made in a down economy. And it's about understanding like we can seize opportunity together and how we can really build something great for all of our families to benefit from. And that's what it's really about having that mindset that together we can accomplish more during this time um, and not just a quick quick flip or quick something like that just to hurry up and get some money. This is definitely a long-term strategy. Are you guys accepting uh, people when they hear this and they hear about the collective, Epic Collective, are you guys, is your network or your group closed or are you showing people how to start their own collective? Uh, what are their, the options for those who are interested in possibly obtaining or becoming investors or being a part of something similar to this? Or, And this is probably something you talk about in the book as well on it too much in the book that is a good question and we get that question a lot um i think we have separate forces on um how you can uh raise capital or start a collective as you say um on how do you raise um how, how do you raise capital uh because it is a question and a lot of people they have it and a lot of people can do it they just have to start within their circle it's just that they don't know how or they didn't know that they could do it. They don't think, oh my goodness, I have, you know, 
you know, five of my girlfriends who I can get together, you know, I want to invest in something. The minimum is 50,000, but I only have 5,000 or, or something. And, you know, maybe I can, you know, connect with my other girlfriends um, to actually invest. Was fear ever a factor for you too? Like, um, I know most people fear the unknown, not being able to see. And we always say you have to have a vision. Was Did fear ever play a factor for you guys? I mean, you're always overcoming the unknown and stepping out into something you've never seen before. I feel like there is, there is that tingle in the bottom of your stomach that you can't take out. But that's the power and partnership and what we've been able to create from coming together is that, you know, in days when she's down, you know, I encourage her and vice versa. Like days when I'm like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And she encourages me. So that's what it's about in connecting a circle um, full of like-minded individuals that push you because not every day is going to be a hundred. But the thing is we're a hundred together. Oh yeah, absolutely. That I mean, but that's the true definition of a partnership, right? As Jessica just mentioned, like you want, you want, you you're not gonna be, you're no one's perfect, right? So everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. So you need to work with mm-hmm. someone, you know, who complements um, you know, your 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 weaknesses, you know, you balance off each other's strengths and weaknesses. Um, and also, I mean, to answer your question about fear, like absolutely, definitely had fear. Um, you know, I know when I first started out, I wanted to work with other people and get on their deals. And, you know, they basically told me, no, I wasn't ready or I was too young. And, you know, and now it's so funny because now they're trying to work with me um, and now they want to <laughs> partner. You know what I mean? And so now they're trying to pick my brain on, you know, different ideas and how we can, you know, work together. So um, I just realized um, more and more as I get older, you know, just to be my authentic self and just to do it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I just I come from a strong line of women and um, just that, just to get out there and do it. And, you know, you're your own competition. Right. And, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Jessica always says that she's like, what's the worst thing that can happen? And so once you realize what's the worst thing that can happen and once you move forward from that and. If it doesn't work out, you just get up and do it again. Or And I like to learn from the mistakes that I've made. So it's just like, you know what? I made a mistake. You know what? Oh, well, I need to learn from it. Um, mistakes definitely make me stronger. Um, if I didn't make all the mistakes that I made, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you all about uh, El Reno. Yeah, there, there's actually a book called The Obstacle is the Way. And it speaks to um, leaning into the obstacle like that shows you your life path. Because I know for so long in my 20s, I was like, where do I go? What do I do? Um, how do I make this work? And real estate has shown me through failing forward the pathway to create not only financial freedom for myself, but I can impact a community and help them create financial freedom for themselves as well. Amen. Say that again, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> the obstacle is the obstacle. The obstacle is the way is the name of the book, and um, it's been amazing as far as appreciating the journey and understanding how to fail forward. Mm, wow, we got a new jungle book there. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, we are always trying to give our listeners resources um, that they can use to push themselves forward. Um, Davon. A little girl from Philly owns a hotel. Wow. <laughs> Auntie, that's um, where I met you. I think I met you about, at Philly. 
I think I met you in Philly when we were at Made of America concert. Oh yeah, I ain't just gonna I ain't just gonna be telling Marlisha's to y'all. Be telling Auntie's too. <laughs> you did. Now you hold did. on. Now we gonna yeah. have to end this interview real fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did meet Auntie uh, at Made in America. Um, we went to uh, the concert in Philly. Had a great time. Amazing time. I'm not right. A dirty time. <laughs> one day, one 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 day we gonna meet B, y'all. One day, one day, one Listen. day we gonna meet Queen B. I'm putting it out there. Jay already one day, not no, not 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 we gonna meet y'all. We gonna have a conversation with her. Yes, and we're gonna pick her brain. Um, Jess, how does it feel to see yourself and see your partners? Um, like. Because oftentimes as black women, we are overlooked and now you guys are in a space where you are visible and you're very visible to others. So um, what what would you tell the women who feel like they're working hard, but they're still overlooked um, and not I mean, getting I would, the, the I, credit I would say or could- the... Uh-huh. I, I, I would say consistency is key because um, like to speak about epic failure, one of our first events that we held back in 2019, nobody came to, you know, it was, we, we actually were trying to talk to people about commercial real estate and like, Hey, you can get in. It's really not the end. And nobody came. Right. But now with the visibility, people are coming and knocking on our doors. Like Avon said, like people we once tried to work with are now clamoring down our doors to work with us, to pick our brain. And it's just a matter of consistency. It's just, you know what, we've been doing this. We've been true to this. So now we're able to do this on a different level with greater platforms, but it's the consistency of what we've been doing since day one. It's just now to be seen. It's, we have um, a bigger platform and that's bigger responsibility too. Now with this platform, what can we make of it? What can we do of it? And how many people can we impact? And that's what it's about now to really pull up our sleeves and do the work for the, a lot of the work we've been doing, but now with the spotlight, now with the platform, now with the visibility, we can actually open the doors and walk through the doors we once were banging on and weren't getting hurt. Definitely. Do you think the visibility created more opportunity? More opportunity, but credibility as well. Mm. I definitely say credibility as well, because it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to see it. Um, Because even honestly, we announced it back last year, but it was the visibility of a particular um, magazine or publication that picked it up that took it to the virility that you saw where everybody was talking about it. And whatever it took you to get to the table, now that you're here, let's work. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're about. Like, say, it's really that, to work. say that, say that. Now that we're here, let's work. Let's yeah. work. Yeah. So what's next for Epic Collective? Uh, I know you mentioned something about uh, utilizing your new platform uh, to touch more people. Is that uh, the angle in which you all are taking in terms of what's next? Or is it a secret? (laughs) <laughs> well, we do we do have a couple of deals and secrets up our sleeve that you know I'm sure we'll we'll be announcing really really shortly. 
But in the meantime, we both, as Davon mentioned, have educational services to get into the game. We have cohorts and masterminds that we're constantly working on. Um, Davon actually teaches. I tell her I'm her first client or well, her main client, I'm not her first. But, um, you know, I'm one of her main clients as far as I'm a real estate developer in single family. And she made a hotel owner out of me. And um, that's where, you know, I teach basic real estate investing strategies in the wholesaling arena and how to get your start. And she focuses on how to get and own a hotel. And that's where we really help each other to to change the narrative and the conversation by getting the lingo, getting the language, understanding how to talk when you're in these rooms. So like you said, you're not intimidated or feeling weird, but you're speaking the same language. And that's what our educational services are about on either end to get you to a point where you can speak the language of real estate so you can get in the circles to present the opportunities for you to act on. That's dope. That's dope. Now, how could these people get this, this book, Epic Conversations on Wealth? How can people get in contact with you all and follow your journey? Because uh, it, it, I know you've been through a lot and a lot of jungles, but things like this are things that people hold on. I know this experience is not one that I take for granted. We're laughing and talking, but I'm, uh, I, have, I have no words for how I feel. Uh, just talking to you all and hearing your journey and, and hearing the humbleness inside of you, knowing that you've done something historical in my eyes. And still being true to who you are and being your authentic self. Like this conversation, I will say, like, these are the people who I went to school with. I don't see anything change. Of course, there's growth, but I still see you guys in this. So I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. I mean, I appreciate you all for bringing us on. Um, How you can find us. Uh, Epic Collective um, on Instagram, EPIQ Collective um, is definitely how you can um, find us and stay connected to to purchase the book. It's on Amazon. It's um, Epic Conversations on Wealth. And um, you can order your copy today. Well, we appreciate you. And that's Epic with a Q. EPIQ, Epic Conversations on Wealth. We appreciate you, a girl from a girl from Brunswick, Georgia. Y'all are doing y'all things. I, oh, I, she's I'm, not from Brunswick. She's from Atlanta. She, yeah, I'm, I'm from, from, from Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's she, from the yeah. Swats, girl. The city, city. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's just that's just one of the the places that um, I'm working on some development projects down there. Oh my God! Look at me. Fucking up, it's but it's okay. It ain't messing up, honey. You learn. You leaning into your mistakes, honey. Listen, <laughs> she from ATL, Shawty. She ATL. She's an ATLian. I know. I'm um, a SWATS. I'm from the SWATS, Southwest Atlanta, the strongest. Listen, <laughs> the SWATS. Okay, and so I know um, y'all. Y'all have overcome some jungles, and you guys are roses, and you are growing and developing, and you are developing others into blossom into nice roses and things like that and so we appreciate you um we're not gonna hold you any longer thank you thank you this was fun this was a lot of great energy i know you said you've seen us on a lot of other platforms but it's great to be down home with our gsu fam and then just have fun because you knew us you know way back when and it's just amazing to connect with someone you know that's seen the journey to seeing the hustle and seeing the proof of the consistency so thank you guys for having us here it's been an honor i think mara you've been we've been knowing each other before i started working at the high end 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. We go way back. Definitely. Definitely. So hopefully like you when you come when you come back to Atlanta, you gotta we we gotta we gotta uh we gotta visit the trap museum together. That's gonna be like GSU memories all day with the music. <laughs> Listen, I I can, we could go on and on and on about memory, but I wanna show our listeners the importance of having the lingo like you said and utilizing your network like yeah you could have uh taken up any other space and said you know we've gotten to a space where you know we don't want to do jungle rules but you were like no you know this is a part of the home team we want to go and show love so thank you for staying humble thank you for staying true thank you for being a part of our journey we're new into a space but we are coming into ourselves and finding who we are as podcast hosts because yes we are experts in education and in medicine but this is new for us and it feels so good to to be here and I think we've learned some things, right? You talked a lot about relationship consistency and mindset. Um, and you gave us a new jungle book to uh, indulge in. And so we're just grateful for that. And we're grateful for you and what you're doing for Black women. We're watching you. We appreciate you. We are watching. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> love you guys, too. Thank you. Take care, ladies. Love y'all, too. Bye, auntie. Bye-bye. Be good. So that concludes our episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Yes, five stars only. But give us that good feedback. We are so honored that you rocked out with Jay Simone and Marley. Follow us on all your favorite social media platforms. But don't forget to drop that jungle juice. We want to hear all the juicy details. All, all of it. All of it. Don't leave anything out. Be sure to live life intentionally. We love you guys and stay tuned. Yes, we love you. We thank you.